You are listening to Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. Yesterday was media day at Notre Dame. We had access to Brian Kelly, all 10 assistant coaches, and uh, not a not a full-length uh, practice. Uh, but we did get to see, Tim, I think you pointed out the instant analysis. We saw a lot yesterday because that was the first day of prep for Louisville, and we got a good idea based upon that who's going to be uh, – the front runners for the Louisville game. Aside from the infamous net practice, that was the most revealing practice I can remember. <laughs> it really was. We got to see, because there's always questions we can't answer during the year. You don't know who gets sent down to the demo squads because you, you can guess a lot of people. But for Louisville, now we know. And I think, you know, Brian Kelly, when, he's, when he kind of mentioned, hey, those might not be the scout team players overall, I'm sure one or two will flip and get up there. In fact, they're going to do it today or tomorrow. But right. There's a good look at who some of the scout team guys are going to be. For a reminder of those that don't know what the net practice was, it was Brandon Wimbush's inability to hit it last. Remember, August. we were told we were completely wrong in our evaluation and that it doesn't matter if you can't hit a net by his people. It ultimately did. I have a question for you guys later in the podcast that involves a net that was uh, posited to me by a reader that I thought was kind of an interesting way of like, what what are we confident in that we might are like maybe we're wrong or what are we confident in that like we're just confident in this <laughs> okay, is happening yeah. and like the net was like that's gonna be a problem <laughs> like, the net comes yeah, back yeah. into play yeah. well um so we before we talk to the assistants brian kelly addressed the media i i thought it was kind of interesting that the first thing he went into was the importance of them running the football and stopping the run which is a basic tenet of football, which we understand. That. <laughs> I agree with yeah. that. <laughs> we under, I, I am not disagreeing with that. But I guess when he immediately went to that, it clicked in my head. I don't know if it did for you guys. It clicked that, oh, he's concerned about them being able to run the ball and stop the run. I took it more as that's a really boring uh, intro okay. to a team that doesn't have a whole lot of drama around it. You know, it's it would be. I took it more as football is about blocking and tackling. Or fundamentals and techniques. Like, it was really dry. Effort why, attitude, right? why would he start with that if he didn't have some concerns about the interior offensive line, the interior well, defensive I mean, that's, line? That was sort of what, where I wanted to go with one of the questions about, like, why are you confident you're going to be able to run the ball? Um, and I came it, back with the same question on the other side. Because we already know they're, like, not super confident in their ability to stop the run. Um I it, it's it that quote I thought was interesting, especially in the context of what we just saw from Ian Book, because that was the first day you saw Ian Book, the potential game difference making quarterback. And if I was Brian Kelly, I mean, how often throughout the years is like it all starts with the quarterback. I don't know if he mentioned Ian Book once. And certainly he wasn't asked about Ian Book. We barely if I didn't need something from Reese about Ian Book, I don't think he'd have been brought up during the quarterback questions, was yeah, he? Yeah, well, I mean, that tells you something about Ian Book and, and where he is in this game. For for the record, or I guess I should say unofficially, I because Pete turned to me at one point and said, is Book having a really good day here? And I'm like, like yeah, I'm charting this. Yeah. He's 37 of 41. Okay. <laughs> 37 of 41. Tony Jones had a drop. Um, I want to say Lawrence Keyes. I'm not sure if that's right. Somebody else had a drop. Uh, and he had he had one that he threw away, and then there was one bad throw. I don't even remember which one that was. I should because Those it was only Lawson bad one passing. Yeah, but I mean he was he was dialed in, including the deep ball. He hit about four. He hit about four right yeah. at, at at the end. Uh, and and it, I said this in this analysis. Everything except for the last eleven on eleven, and nothing was completely alive because they weren't in full pads. But everything they were doing was against the scout team, so that coverage is not going to be. Nearly as good, but that again, that's not the point. It was like his first performance against Wake Forest. The point is not that Wake Forest was lousy defensively. You know, he was really good uh, that day, and yesterday he was really, really good and really accurate. Yeah, he had a great day, and I just goes to show you that we probably have spent too much time worrying about it. But really, we went to a lot of practices, and he was never great, right? No, but he was, he was never. I was never worried about. No, it. he was never. Well, he was just never. We I, didn't put him in the. In I was that just like I was like waiting to see thing. something. That like, well, maybe I won't see it until yeah. September. Well, we saw it yesterday instead. Running the ball, though. Back to running the ball and stopping the run. Yeah. So the question for me stopping the run is no longer mainly lying within the defensive line. 
it is the linebacker fits oh, absolutely. along the defensive line. No, I, I, no healthy, I like their five guys, six it's, guys that rotated. Right. Seven so guys you rotated. understand where, uh, you know, and maybe I'm overplaying this because it was just a story and an idea, but, I mean, you understand where Clark Lee's coming from, where he doesn't want those linebackers necessarily deciphering a whole lot. He just wants them to be aggressive and attack the line of scrimmage. And, again, you've got two great run defense safeties behind you uh, that can clean things up. Now, that's maybe a little bit more of a dangerous approach. Funneling things outside maybe is a little bit more of a dangerous approach with DeAndre Swift right around the corner. But you can understand where they're coming from uh, with that line of thinking. I, I, I think I'm a little bit more optimistic about the linebackers after yesterday and hearing Clark Lee talk about them and then just sort of talking to people about Clark Lee to the, to the side, like, there's an extreme level of confidence in Clark Lee, the teacher and the communicator. I would um, hope so. It seems like. And what what do you need more than that for this group of linebackers, than a guy who can teach it and communicate it? You don't need a schematic wizard to make these linebackers better. You need a guy who's just a really good teacher, and I think that they have that. And I believe him that the backups will, will play. They're not... Truly, backups like last year. They always people always said we want to, you know, we got to get him work, and they just refused to get them work last year in the close games in September. I believe he thinks for Drew White to be good at his role all season long, that's about six hundred snaps, not eight hundred and fifty snaps. So mm-hmm. those snaps do go to Bo Bauer to Shane Simon. Just said the other way around because that's kind of a positive thing I saw in practice. I really think Shane Simon has moved into that number two Mike role. Well, that's. That's positive news. That's really good to hear. I have compared Drew White, I don't know if I've said this in a podcast, Pete, if you've been around for it, to a health, potentially a healthy Joe Schmidt type player. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, th- I think he's a smart player. I think, you know, when I hear downhill, that tells me that it's a guy that's finding the run gaps. That's what they need at the Mike linebacker position. Tim, you said in his analysis yesterday. I think we would all be surprised now if he isn't starting Mike as yeah. season opens. The difference, I think, between White and Schmidt is White is not the football junkie that Schmidt was, and that that's significant for a Mike linebacker. Maybe White will turn into that, but that was the criticism of him internally from the staff <laughs> in spring. Skiing accident aside. <laughs> that's what I was going to bring up. That he just wasn't locked into football. Like, if you want to play... And you run, and you're a four seven, four six, four seven, four eight, probably yeah. player. Then you got to be on it. That's why Schmidt was so good, not because he was a great yeah. athlete. I think White has better feet overall than Joe Schmidt did. Which is, for I what? mean, one was a walk on, one was a scholarship well, no, player. Yeah. You know? I, I, yeah. yeah, I guess I don't. I mean, I don't really look at Joe yeah. Schmidt as a walk on, of course, but but he was. <laughs> yes, he was. So. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think that's trending in that direction. I think the news on Shane Simon is good. Uh, I'm a little perplexed as to what's happening with Jack Lamb. If he's if they just absolutely prefer him against the pass and will only put him in those situations specifically. He rotated in. This is binoculars view from across two fields, but I had a pretty good look at the uh, first, second team defenses going against the scout team offense. And Jordan Jedmark Heath took the field first for second unit buck Every time, mm-hmm. but Jack Lamb did rotate in mm-hmm. every time. Where but, you could see him as the more physical of those two as a as a Buck linebacker. I mean, just on paper, I guess. Yeah, I don't, I, I I'm just I want to watch Jordan Jenmark Heath play in the game because I really just thought I'd be more impressed at this point by now. He's a great interview, great kid, very conscientious, good athlete. I don't know about the contact, full speed player right there. Notre Dame, for better or worse, has a lot of guys like that. I think Shane Simon and Jack Lamb, you would describe them the same way. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. They, they need to go out and hit somebody. Um, we, we have a question on Lawrence Keyes in the second segment. We'll touch more upon him in the second segment. I did want to bring up the fact that when we were talking about Lawrence Keyes with Brian Kelly, uh, he talked about having plenty of plenty of receivers. And, and, and okay, when you talk about things that I, I heard about, stop the run and run the football, there was a question mark there. When I hear that about plenty of receivers, that's good to hear. Um, will they actually play them? I think they're much more inclined to do that now. But to now actually make to. the statement that, you know, okay, we lost Michael Young, but we got keys and we got other guys that can play. I thought that was a positive. I think that they have plenty of receivers, uh, but they're Kyron Williams and Jafar Armstrong. I don't think they have plenty. I disagree with the notion that they have plenty of wide receivers. I've always plenty of guys to throw to. I've always liked, <laughs> I've always liked Joe Wilkins. I think that he will come on. 
Kevin Austin will survive this and come back, and they'll need an X. I don't know how much W snaps he'll get with Claypool on the field, but they'll need, you know, an X to work with. Yeah, them. Young and Austin might be coming back around the same time in competition. Right, right, for his right. Position. That's a good point. Yeah. So, um, well, Young had a better camp. But, but I hear what you're saying, Pete, and and I think that counts too. I mean, I think sure. if they, if you're if the running backs are going to line up in the slot, and they're going to be threats in the passing game. Okay, well then they're receivers too. When we were watching the early periods of practice on Wednesday, they came out in personnel groups with three running backs. Yeah. That's not because that's their best ideal. That's not their ideal package, but it's just what they have to do now. Like Chip Long's creativity was supposed to be sort of be a luxury and a, a sort of like a way to turn the dial. Now it just sort of has to be what they are. Like he he can't afford to play a lot of eleven personnel. I don't think. Right, that, and that, they ha- I mean they legitimately have three running backs that catch the ball really really well. Jafar Armstrong, a former receiver. Tony Jones, we know that. Kyron Williams, we've seen that. Yeah. And we're told Jameer Smith, uh, we just he just couldn't do it in camp because of the cast. Yeah. They talked about him in the spring being able to catch the ball. Yeah, I, I like the collection there. I like Lawrence. You mentioned that Jafar Armstrong and Kyron Williams are the receivers. Lawrence Keys, too. I mean, he's, yeah, he's going to be three. It is. <laughs> it, well, yeah, three's look, not a lot. They're missing their third best and their fourth best in Young and Austin. Yes. Right. And, and, and their other best in Kamet. Yeah, yeah. So right. that's three, four, that's three, four, um, five are out. You know, is, is McKinley legitimately coming on or is that just need? I don't know. He Would he be. The number two? No, Kevin Austin would be. Right. But but that doesn't mean, given the opportunity, he doesn't make some plays. Why did yeah. they play a formation with three running backs? Yeah, there's no not, doubt. You it's got not to, because have, Javon McKinley is lighting the no, world on fire. No doubt. You've got to play to your strengths. And we haven't even mentioned Braden Lindsay. I was talking to somebody yesterday you know, about Braden Lindsay. And, and I, I mean, I, I don't think... We mistakenly didn't let, get his question into Alexander either. Lindsay, we talked about everybody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But here's... I just don't... I think Braden Lindsay... It went, if and when Braden Lindsay really comes of age, it'll start in 2020 and carry through to 21 and 22. I, I don't expect. I mean, I, 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 I and I was at over under on Braden Lindsay receptions because mine's in single digits right now, right? Yeah, I was thinking of how low single digits. <laughs> well, Bowling Green, New Mexico, six, throw this eight, stuff off. Right? Sure, under. I'd say about ten. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good line. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, it, I think it's it, right but... around there, and I, you know, it, it, I guess they're missing year, two guys. This time of year is always <laughs> a time when receivers. you start when you start speculating about unproven guys, and well, he'll he'll make twenty catches or twenty two. It usually doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's usually eight or twelve or fourteen at the most, and then you know what? I'll go over. There's three guys missing that we're going to get thirty catches at least. Right. So I will go over because and I do want to remind out. you guys when you come up with the prop bets I'm in this year because yes, I'm I'm going for it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we talked about the running backs a little bit. Uh, we talked about the linebackers. Let's go ahead and conclude this segment with uh, kickers and punters. I wrote about it this morning. Jonathan Dore. Um, you did not expect to write this Jay story. Bramlett, I did, absolutely did not expect to write it. I've been very critical of Jay Bramlett since the recruiting process, but damn if he doesn't look <laughs> yeah. really, really good. He I mean, does. he looks really good. His last punt that... Set BK and and Pullian off into a, a, a tizzy, yeah. <laughs> a positive tizzy, was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I mean, he drove the football to the right of the punt returner. It bounced. It it, it was headed towards a corner. If if they hadn't yelled out like that, I may have yelled out like that because that's how good it was. Yeah, it was just like, is that that's still going? I mean, when you that watch the punt sale, uh, to you know, for just. Realistic expectations. We've never seen him hit a ball like that. No. Um, so, to he's not going to average seventy yards a punt. No, but he's consistently. Well, he's not going to average. He's been consistent. He's not going to be. He's no. He won't. If Notre Dame loses, he won't be part of the problem. I agree. I see. I have much more confidence in Bramblet. Other than every punter is going to have a bad punt, so hopefully his isn't at Georgia. That's why people remember Tyler Newsom not as fondly as the second best punter ever because his are at Clemson and Stanford. But Bramblet, if he can just shake punts that don't matter, everybody misses. He's a freshman. Yeah. I have much more confidence in Bramble all year long than Dorr because as good as Dorr has looked, and if you didn't know Jonathan Dorr in the past, you would even have a higher expectation for him. We know that when Dorr misses, it can go south. When Dorr has a bad day, it can go south, and he's a kicker, and that may never go yeah. away, which is why when Pete and I did incident analysis and I talked about our feelings of the kicker being, well, we feel much better before, he's like, he still has to go kick. No, no doubt. At Louisville, not Georgia. That was actually the question I wanted to ask Brian Pullian about Dorr yesterday was about body language and like whether like what some coaches think that matters some think it doesn't and he's like it absolutely matters 
And that's why Justin Yoon was so good. Whether he made it or missed, it was the same. And Dor has gotten a lot better in that. And so that that sort of like how do you build confidence? You do it. You physically do it the right way over and over and over again. He feels like Dor has gotten there, and you're sort of seeing. That's great. He's a guy who's now walks around with his chest out a little bit more, whereas before I think he was he was just sort of timid to be in the facility at times. I tell you what, I talked to Ewan last year when he was about to set the record, and I mentioned to him, and this goes to your point about him not him forgetting things and just body language is the same. He misses, he moves on. He had no idea that seventy five percent of his misses were in September in his career. Really? He's like, Really? Like that yeah. he's like he's like, I have no explanation for that. I had no idea. And that means he missed it. He, he moved on. That's right. He moved yeah. on. That's great. I'm a huge believer in body language of of athletes. Uh, I think I said something to Pete yesterday. I did when I, when I was coaching. Oh, right. when you it was you were not allowed to turn your palms up. Like you know, well, it's not my fault. Right? Don't you get your? First of all, you're demeaning me. You're demeaning your teammates by saying it's not my fault. I think body language is is absolutely huge. Uh, it impacts your teammates. It can impact your opponent if you're showing weakness. I think it's significant. Certainly, I don't know. That How about a we'll, media member sitting around in the goo body language thing? Like there feet too. up on the chair <laughs> lounging? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a strong indicator as well. All right, we'll be back. Segment two, burning up the boards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Burning Up the Boards, brought to you by Rent Like a Champion, South Bend's largest vacation rental company with 1,000 weekend home rentals close to Notre Dame Stadium, available for Fighting Irish Game Days. Irish Illustrated readers and listeners can get $100 off their booking with the promo code IRISH2019. We start with at Big Mac 24 now that camp is almost over. Have you seen something from this team that makes you change your view on the outcome of the season. I put this first because we are asked a question like this every year and we answer it the same way every year, although I think I'm going to answer it differently this oh, year. Uh, my, my answer is no, which I think is sort of how it has been over the years. But I think that it's a real, like I'm a, I'm a hard no on this one. I haven't seen a, a single thing over the last month or three weeks that makes me feel differently about Notre Dame football than I did when camp opened. That's not, that's neither good nor bad. I just, I'm unchanged in my opinion. Yeah, my opinion of the overall outlook has not changed. I I like the fact that I might really like their other starting corner too, without getting to that right now, because it's knock on wood. I think the only year I've ever changed my mind was 17, uh, coming back from 16, where I just, we're, Tempering our expectations the whole yeah, time. It was so new, but all of a sudden you just watch that team. Like, yeah, you know what? I, they could win nine games. That that 2017 team. They have Delhi's leaders and Quentin right. Nelson. That was the only year um, I made a major change. <laughs> That's a one game change in August camp. I'm not changing necessarily like the the outcome, the the big picture of it. You know, I, I'm not going to say, oh well, because of this, they're going to be 11 and one or 12 and 0. They've only had five undefeated undefeated regular seasons since Eric Barsegan. So, you know, I'm not apt to make that kind of prediction. And I don't, you know, I still think there are enough things that can, can go wrong and enough concerns that I'm not veering from basically 10 and 2. I'd say 10 and 2 first, followed by 9 and 3. But I feel much more confident, we talked about this in the first segment, about the kicking game not costing them a game. Now, all it takes is one 37-yard missed field goal with the Georgia crowd going berserk for you to, quote, lose a game because of your kicker, but Justin Yoon could have yes. missed a, yeah, a yeah. kick like that in September. As I said, he did. Against right, Vanderbilt, exactly. But right. Notre Dame didn't pay for it. Exactly, exactly. Let so, me, go ahead. Let Pete. me slip in my question uh, that I wanted to ask. This is from Tom M., uh, who I had a couple beers with last night, a podcast listener and avid reader of The Athletic and Irish Illustrated. And he said, he was saying, like, you know, last year, he was sort of recounting our preseason analysis last year when we saw Brandon Wimbush be unable to throw the ball in a net. And all three of us came away thinking, like, yikes, 
that that is a very ominous sign for the season and and that sort of ramped down expectations in that one area. But then he also referenced sort of our preseason takes on Alohi Gilman, where when we would go out to practice, we just wouldn't really see him make a lot of plays. Well, nothing compared to what Brian Kelly said. And then, yeah, yeah, the coaches were raving about him. Privately, you're hearing people like, this guy's going to be fantastic. He's our best safety. And then we go out to practice, and your own eyes are telling you, I'm not seeing it. So he wanted to know, what's our Wimbush net? Sort of the thing that we've seen that we're like, this is going to impact the season. It could be positive or negative. And where do we feel like, well, maybe this is a Gilman situation where I feel strongly, but like I could see you at the end of the year where I'm going to look back on that and say, wow, I was way off. I don't feel strongly. I do feel strongly about Gilman. I just want to see it. I'd, I'd say Eichenberg and Kramer. I want to see Liam Eikenberg be what Jeff Quinn said he was yesterday at Media Day, and I want to see Tommy Kramer not be what everyone in the national media is telling us he is, because he is not that that we've ever seen, an All-American going into the season. But I want to have the year end and think, wow, Kramer and Eikenberg, the steps they took from what I thought they were coming into this year, and especially the steps from last year, I would just think they're going to be better with experience and quicker feet for Kramer. I think they'll be better players. But I'm not just thinking that they're going to be dominant players. Yeah, my, mine would probably come from the linebacker core, and I'm not sure which one exactly it is. But, you know, I mean, you, we go into it with so many question marks that I, that you would like to think that a, a linebacker is going to emerge. It's like, oh, wow, he's really come on strongly. I don't know if there's necessarily any, they haven't raved about anybody per se. Maybe Jack Lamb a little bit from the spring. Um, yeah, but it's been since the spring and summer. To be raved yeah. about, right? I like your, I, I mean, I like your Eichenberg choice, yeah. too. They could easily make, they could easily be all of a sudden really good linemen. Kramer and Eichenberg. Yeah. I just think right yes. now they're good linemen. Yeah. That's how I that, view that. That's sort of where I just, I haven't seen the offensive line play as well with my own eyes as I think that they've been described to have been playing by the coaching staff. So I think the the line, I think, is, is most likely to be the Gilman in this scenario where at the end of the year, like, oh, they were right in... I don't coach football. I was wrong. <laughs> What's well, your net? One of the the I'm, net. I'm, the net. I'm not one right now. Yeah. The net's harder. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's if there's a positive thing, like something that I'm more, I feel more strongly about than other people. Like, I think that I'm way more bullish on Claypool than a lot of people. Not that like people are not optimistic about mm-hmm. Chase Claypool. I'm not like alone in that camp, but. Um, but you did say Michael Floyd, like, so that yeah, is more That's bullish, sort of like right? the anti-net. What, that's the, like, I, what I've seen from him, I'm like, yes, this this is happening. One of the things, and I'll just throw this out, because when you when you made that comparison, it popped in my head. You know, since last fall, or I guess even the previous spring, um, Troy Pride. I mean, we've seen how he struggled, mm-hmm. right? Again, so we've that's seen a, the way he struggled man. against Claypool. We know he's a good corner, but, man, you should win – you should win more of those. Like maybe that's the that's not the lose twelve straight. That's the best one. I don't think it's going to play out that way. I don't. And I don't feel the same way I did about Wimbush with pride. But I will say this: I had my binoculars on field two, and you said offhandedly when you're watching them do one on ones, you got them again, and I knew exactly what two people yep. you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Which he, means that's a theme of camp. Yeah, and and it's it's probably more of a reflection of how good Claypool is. But I agree. you're going to face great. You know, yeah. there's a lot of really, really good receivers out there that, you know, the whole back shoulder and the twisting turns that receivers make now, It's some of those are just, I don't care how good of a corner you are, it's impossible to defend some of those. Way to go, K-Man. What was your impression of Lawrence Keyes as a starter? I guess that means what have we seen from him since Young has been out? Well, I said an instant analysis and wrote it in the offensive report. If you didn't know Lawrence Key, who Lawrence Keyes was and what his number was or who Michael Young was, like... Say Lawrence Keyes had been wearing number 87 yesterday and you didn't know that, I think you would have thought that that was Michael Young. Now, does he recognize coverages as well as Young? Uh, does he catch the ball as consistently as Young? Probably neither one of those things. But he looked. It, it looked like they hadn't missed a beat yesterday. And again, they're going against scout team, so I'm not sure exactly how much that means. I like him. I, I think he's a good fourth receiver for the, for this team. Unfortunately, he has to be the third receiver for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. Michael Young had a great camp. He had a much better camp than Lawrence Keyes, who has a good camp, who's had a good camp. And had and, a good one last and year. And had a good one last year. And Michael Young was not getting unseated by Lawrence Keyes. No, so that wasn't even no, up for discussion. That wasn't even up for no. discussion. So as much as I like Keyes, I've liked Keyes since 
oh, what was it? The three of us were watching in one of those practices. Like, God, that guy just keeps making plays last year. Yeah. Hit the freshman wall, whatever. He shouldn't hit it this year, but they need him. Yeah, I would have liked him as the weapon that comes off the bench. And you're like, they didn't miss a beat when he came off the bench for those 15 snaps. That's would have been perfect for Lawrence Keys this time. Not Jay Tafel one. What is more likely this year, a 1,000-yard rusher or a 1,000-yard receiver? Receiver. Yes. That's a, Claypool. I that, that's I think that's a, a pretty easy call. They're just there's there's too many running backs now, and it looks like now there's four that they feel they can count on. We would have to, I think. Pete, adjust our over that we talked about that never officially wagered, because we both said higher, of Jafar Armstrong's total yards. Yeah, can, I, can I bet the under? They're gonna, yeah, yeah, not anymore. They're going to use Tony Jones and Kyron Williams and Jameer Smith too much for him to get that. Yeah. It could be a good thing. I think that's true. At Brooks Beer 1, have you seen Notre Dame running plays to take advantage of so many good receiving running backs? What type of different looks, formations will they run because of this? And I want to encourage Brooks Beer 1 to subscribe to Irish Illustrated because you wouldn't have had to ask this question. <laughs> No offense. I mean, I saw yesterday Jafar Armstrong line up in the slot and then hit a seam route where he got matched up against Jonathan Jones, who was working as a scout team linebacker, and it was a 45-yard pitch-and-catch touchdown. Um, so, yeah, we definitely have seen that. I, I don't remember the last time I saw a ball travel 40 yards, yards in the air to a running back. Yeah. Not that tempo matters, but maybe in this case it does. The first practice we saw without Michael Young... Split backs, shotgun next to book, one motions out, and when he motioned out, I looked and I already saw another running back in the slot. Right. All right, they're, they're putting guys, their running backs are now better than their wide receivers that don't include Fink and Claypool. Does <laughs> that make sense? I no, mean, that, that, that's that's Fink and Claypool are a much better tandem that's than, Brooks, largely than true. Jones and Armstrong, but the rest of them are much better than the receivers right now. Jones and Armstrong and Kyron Williams rotated, uh, and it was just tempo, but I mean, we saw yeah. some of it when they, when they went... Uh, uh, to live action, they love Jameer Smith. He just couldn't do it this game. Yeah, well, he, you know what, he doesn't broke. just he doesn't need to. They don't no, need another running don't. back that can line up in the slot. They right. got three of them. That's <laughs> good. Exactly he right. needs he needs to be a single back that can run with power, and that that he definitely does. At WG Pennington, name a freshman surprise or two that will make the two deep. I don't think we should include Kyron Williams if he's a surprise anymore because he will. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, Williams, Bramblett, Hamilton. Lacey, right? Like, yeah, that's pretty much that's the pretty much step. it. I mean, as far as second, who could emerge as second team? Cam Hart's a little bit behind there. No offensive lineman. Duraman on that note was on a stationary bike yesterday. Was for, yes. He's going to be behind in terms of everything except his raw athleticism, though. He made a couple of really nice plays in August camp, and both times he made the mental mistake of getting screamed at by Chip Long because he didn't get up and finish what every single player on the team does yeah. is run to the end zone, and that's just not going to put you above other guys. I, I would imagine that, theoretically, Jack Kaiser could compete for number two. Mawala's hurt now, so he is number two. Uh, i got to tell you, Mawala, no, Mawala actually went out okay, there, went out practice, there hurt yeah. as number two. That was, yeah. I thought, a relevant takeaway. Mawala went out there right back to number two with the cast, yeah. the protective cast. Well, that's good. I thought the fact that Brian Kelly nailed his injury report was yeah, was For the first time. Yeah. He said he'd be out there on Tuesday. You know, we saw him. You know who it's not going to be? Brendan Clark, and that's probably a good thing. There is no other surprise. Oh, there's one surprise, and I think it'd be a signify an injury and some bad play. KJ Wallace. He's up with the varsity. We don't know about the other corner because one guy gets hurt all yeah, the time. Yeah, and I do. And I like the potential of KJ Wallace. I don't know about this year, but no, I, do I don't want like him this the, year. Yeah, I do like the potential of him very much. Uh, Irish 2001. What are your thoughts on the cornerback position following camp, based? On what we have seen to date and heard from those close to the program, I deliberately skipped Crawford in the first section so you could address this, Tim. I I must admit I have always been a Sean Crawford fan from the day that I knew Mike Elston and Brian Kelly went to see him and got him as their starting nickel when he was a senior in high school, coming as a freshman. <laughs> Too many injuries when you see him out there healthy. And then September of 2017, he was a great playmaker, and I maintain he is still healthy Easily, by the way, their second best cornerback when healthy, and I don't think it's close. I just don't know if he can say healthy. I would. I think it's closer than that with Tariq Bracy, but but I no, but I agree. But okay. I agree with yeah. you. A healthy yeah. Sean Crawford, and I mean Bracy now, not Bracy the junior. Yeah, senior, no, I, I mean I still think he's trending, but you know, but either way, Crawford can't handle this if nope. if, if he nope. is indeed he was running at number one corner yesterday. Yep. Um. Or at least he was on the opposite field when they were going against scout team. Kind of, there was 
like I said, with George and Markeith always being the two and Jack Lamb rotating in, Sean Crawford was always the one with Dante Vaughn then rotating in and then Tariq Bracey rotating in. Okay. It's hard to get that down because right now they're all playing field because yeah. Pride's playing boundary. And we have to get through us in our minds. They have Vaughn as a field corner, and that's exactly the only place they want him, which means there's a glut right now of Crawford, Vaughn, and Bracey. Might be best-case scenario in that Crawford doesn't have to play 600 snaps if they yeah. like those guys. Griffith is the backup boundary. Pete, what are your thoughts on Crawford? Uh, I think Crawford is the best not to start opposite to start up as he pride. should be. Um, <laughs> right. And I thought I think he's looked that way too. I I agree with what you're saying that you don't want to play him as much as you played Pride last year in the field. He's probably not going to hold up. Uh, I think I, I feel about Bracy the same way I feel about Keys. He's a really good number three corner. Yeah, I would, I'm not sure. I, feel like that's I, I wouldn't say he's a really good number. No, two but corner. I think he has to be. If you're, if you are legitimately looking at Crawford as a corner, Bracy has to be a co-starter to some. Yeah, because Crawford might play some nickel and some dime safety. Who do, you, and who do you trust more, Vaughn or? I know they're playing two different positions, but Vaughn or Bracy? They're not anymore. They're playing the same one. Yeah. Yeah, Bracy. Uh, Bracy. Right. Availability is a skill. Vaughn doesn't have a lot of that right now. Yeah, the yeah, people haven't he, been paying attention to practice reports, or I think Vaughn missed at least a week that we know about. I think both. He I mean, was back um, contacting yesterday no. in, in those scrimmages. So, so, yeah, I mean, you just Vaughn can't stay. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. I think just from listening to Light and Lee talk about it a little bit, it does seem like they're going to play some matchups when Dante Vaughn, the six three corner, can go against a six three corner that doesn't run like yeah. Justin Ross. They want him out there, and when there's a quick guy, they want Tariq Bracey out there, and when there's a great guy, you should put Sean Crawford out there. But I think that, I really think they're going to do that. It doesn't make sense not to. If they say, if Brian Kelly has said for months he has a specific skill set we want to use this year, they must mean it. It's not just building well, him up, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly there are situations where you should be able to take advantage of that body yeah. and what, you know, what the reason you recruit him in the first place. SF Castillo... What is the biggest disappointment with the team this training camp for both offense and defense? Can these perceptions completely change after the Louisville game? Disappointment's rough because I have the same thoughts on the defense, the inside linebackers that I had leaving camp. I like the other corner. As I said, I like the other corner better than I left spring just because they have three answers and the, one of my favorite ones at the top. I like the interior defensive line much better since the start of spring. We think we all kind of came around a little if they stay healthy. That Those seven guys will be fine. And Howard Cross is a guy that will help as a as to go to Pete's point, if he's your seventh guy, he's a great helper. If he's yes. your third, he's not. But well, well, if Micah Du Treadway could get how many snaps did he get last? One hundred and forty. If he get one hundred and forty, yes. How many tackles he had? One, two. Two. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. There's a pile. <laughs> there was a pile. <laughs> Four uh, my point being, if 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 MDT can get one hundred and forty snaps, Howard Cross is certainly capable. What's your disappointment there. then, Mike? I mean, I'm not. We all just looked at the inside linebacker as the question mark, and it will be until they leave Georgia. I don't. I don't know. I I don't know what the disappointment would yeah, be. Yeah, I, no, I mean, no, I don't think anything's glaring, especially right. since the punter and kicker. Look sort of good. Like, so, like the first question is, you know, does something that change your mind? No. Therefore, I'm not disappointed because right. everything's just sort of been as I expected it to be. Oh, we have one. Football reality. Cole Komet and Michael Young are out. Injuries on the offense yeah. makes oh, yeah. them not seem as good. And maybe when they leave Louisville, well, Louisville won't change my mind that much. He's going to have a great day against Louisville. You really got to get out of, like, the Georgia-Virginia thing to change my mind on anything with, with Young and Komet being replaced. Right. F-G-C-U underscore Iris underscore fan. He's Florida think- Gulf Coast, remember? Florida Dunk Coast? Yes. Yes. Do you think Notre Dame will ever attract a transcendent quarterback in the Brian Kelly era? Can any of these future quarterback recruits become that? Well, they hope Tyler Buckner can be, but we're a ways away from that. Yeah, I don't know what Tyler Buckner will be. They love Tyler Buckner. Um, I thought about this question. He wouldn't have won it, but if Notre Dame beat Clemson in 15, instead of having the right, went to overtime and Deshaun Kaiser beats Clemson. If that goes to overtime, anybody could win, obviously, especially Notre Dame would have the momentum. Deshaun Kaiser would have been in the running for like a fifth place Heisman finish there. I, I checked. It was that year was Derrick Henry, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and an outstanding Deshaun Watson, who, while his passing stats were close to uh, Kaiser's, he had a thousand yards rushing. So <laughs> he, uh, but Kaiser would have been in that. You know, if they no, win that game, been. that's that's he right there. Been. They're going undefeated into the. So he was almost, um, and also um, Jimmy Clausen would have been if they had 
just a Bob Yako defense in 2009. Yeah, I, I am not one that that seeks five-star, you know, that wants a five-star quarterback. Because I, I think w- there's way too much baggage that, that comes with that. Gunnar Keel, for example, number one, was never a five-star prospect, never should have been rated that highly. That was our evaluation of, the, of his film. I don't like all those. Okay, for example, look at the Jerkovic expectations. Where where does that get you exactly? Well, I Blake wanna, Barnett is a great example in recent years with Notre right. involved. Yeah. And I know you know the game has you know there was a there was a period years ago now where you could win national championships without a real standout quarterback. I think that's much more difficult now. The game has become such a passing game, so you still you want a quality quarterback. But I don't know that I you know. The highly rated ones tend to be overrated. I happen to have this for a Monday Musings I never did. All right, so 2016 was the freshman class, right? That's our uh, that's the current freshman class. These are the top ten. Shea Patterson, good. Jacob Eason, pending. KJ Costello, good. Millie Henry, Pete, do you want to comment on Not that? Not good. Felipe Franks. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon Peters. Starting at Illinois. Well, there's your, there's your answer. Jarrett Guarantano. Uh, starting at Tennessee, I think. Is still. he? Good for him. Yes. Yeah. Brandon McElwain. Uh, not sure G- oh, not who that is. Jack, Jack Allison. <laughs> uh, I've lost. I don't know who that is. Got either. a good one here for you. Dwayne Haskins. So, no, he was uh, good. Yes, he was good. He was good. Um, so those are the top ten. Not in the top ten that year, which is weird for this one. Is uh, And this is in order of their ranking, by the way. Jalen Hurts. Good. Ian Book. All good. the way down to 35. Armani Rogers. Boot positions, I believe. And Justin Abair. Who is good? Could have been the first yeah. pick in the draft. Yeah, that he so, but that is not a top ten. That is not a five star. These are right. that guy was ranked below book. So that's just the seniors. You know, I'm, we're not going to get into this yeah. all. Jake Fromm and two are the next year, but a bunch of guys that aren't are also in the next year. Trevor so Lawrence worked out okay. Yes, he did. Um, then there's some bunch of transfers. Justin Fields, don't know. Sure, Matt Carell, we don't know. Tanner McKee, we don't know. Like these guys are all freshmen last year, but it's Bill Dracovic. Number 10. Let me insert a question here, kind of tied into this, from at Murphy324. I noticed Ohio State chose his starting quarterback among three inbound transfers. Amazing. The succession beyond Ian Book at Notre Dame looks risky. Will Notre Dame be aggressive in the transfer portal for another quarterback in the spring? If Book leaves, it seems critical to do so. I I disagree. I don't. I think Book is likely, more likely to leave than stay. Um, But I don't think it's like an automatic. And I think that Dracovic, Pine, Clark, Buckner down the road, I think they, they have a nice... I mean, if they get to the end of the season, they're like, ooh, Clark isn't what we thought, and Dracovic is sort of backslid, then maybe that would change. But again, you're, you're looking for a very specific transfer who get in a waiver and play right away. The, um, That's hard. Dracovic's camp... For the coaching staff, it's just got to be the biggest positive for the future and for this year. Said. And for this year, too. Just what if, I mean, Ian Book's not going to, probably won't start every game, right? Probably. That's what has happened yeah. to Brian Kelly era. Now, if Pine comes in early, that's a nice, that's a good backup. If, if, if he can beat up Brendan Clark, if he can't, Brendan Clark will have a year under his belt. Like, Brendan Clark has no chance right now. I, speaking of the scout team, he is going against the number one defensive line. I don't know if the ball ever hit a receiver because he has. 2.5 seconds to throw, <laughs> and he barely has his back foot set at this point. I kept looking, ball bounced, ball bounced, ball bounced, Clark's running. It was just, yeah. it. they're going to get after it, and we can't, we cannot evaluate Brendan Clark. People shouldn't give up on Brendan Clark right now. It's, well, I, th- I, I mean, I thought it was a good question because, uh, okay, so all of a sudden, uh, Phil Dracovic is completing the, the basic, simple passes that a three-star quarterback should be expected to complete. So somebody on our message board said, see, I told you guys he, he, he's arrived. Well, he, he hasn't arrived. He's doing the simple, basic things that you expect a four-star, a high four-star right. quarterback to do. He looks like they can put him in a game, which is what you yeah, should but be able we to don't, do. But that, but, no, which I you mean, should be able to do is put a quarterback in a game. You now. should, but, I mean, we don't deciphering coverages and things like that. We don't, all he's doing is doing the basic things he should have been doing a year ago. And that's or at least throwing, the spring, the ball, throwing, the yeah. throwing the football competently. Yeah, he's uh, we're, progress. We're, right, we're, right, and that's great. But yeah, should have been there's there. There's been a lot of "I told you so," but he hasn't played. Yeah, the game yet. there's nothing yeah. to say. I told you so about. He's doing the fundamental, basic things of a quarterback. Right? No, yeah, yeah he's got to play the game first. For and I think, I mean, I think, but they'd love to get him in the first two. 
right? Yeah, no, no he doubt. Really needs, he really needs to get a yeah, single in case he has to yeah, play a good hopefully team. Hopefully that, that occurs. And then you have to run. You can't. It doesn't matter what scores. you got to run the offense. you got to take care of yourself. You can't worry about yeah. we're beating them by 35. And Well, that's why I don't put him in the fourth quarter against New Mexico when you have to worry about it. Just let him play. That's yeah. the second and the third quarter. Yeah. ND victory, uh, ND2 victory. What contribution do you, ex- do you expect from Kevin Austin following his four-game suspension? Uh, similar to what probably what I thought Michael Young would have been. You know, I, I, they, they're not just going to stick him behind Claypool. In my opinion, I think they'll they'll figure out a way to get I him agree. on the field. No, He's you get him good. You, to, you, you got play. It, right? You got you. You rotated X something here because they're not going to want to take Claypool off the field for for good reason. He's about to become a potentially about to become a huge star. You can't take him off the field. You got to find a way to get Austin. I really think that it becomes an Austin Young competition when they're both back for for snaps, and, and then I think they'll use them both. Um, Maybe Keys makes it an Austin Young Keys competition for snaps, which yeah, would be the best be case scenario. Yeah, I just get Keys in, can play some slot too, and actually spell right. Fink. Then he, yeah, then you can tag team with Fink. I we, you really got to hope that him sticking it out means that by the time we roll around to Game Six, like Kevin Stefferson rolled around to Game Six and is just lighting up USC after getting. I mean, that was Game Seven, but Stefferson, you got to get your feet wet in the first game. They're not finished products. I would, I really would hope that. Kevin Austin can make a major contribution in the second half of the season. Otherwise, that's a that's a two year recruiting just miss for a player that was that good. That here's Stefferson's stat line from 2017, and you can just tell me would you take this for Kevin Austin? Or yes, because I know it. <laughs> 19 catches, 359 yards, five scores. <laughs> you, you were all were all 359 like, yeah, yards, and 19 it. catches. Yeah, yeah, he was, and he was the best player on the field against USC. Yeah. Well, look, I guess Quentin Nelson was, but let's be realistic. And I don't know that Kevin Austin is that good. Kevin Stevens is a great player, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, Austin's going to be. I mean, be a no, player, I'm potentially yeah. Kevin Austin's a really, really yeah. good prospect, but I don't know that he's as good as right. Kevin Stefferson. I bet if you ask Chip Long, no, he'd say that he's not. He'd say that he's not. Yeah, yeah. Stefferson was univers- universally loved and disliked at the same time <laughs> yes. because his game was his game was really, really good. Uh, go ahead, Tim. Insane ND Tucson with Kyron Williams' emergence in camp is he a viable option to receive carries? In third down and goal line situations, he's stocky and low to the ground. Is he Andy's best option for a short yardage back? I, I think he's a I think he's a viable option for all the reasons that you say, but I can't say he's a more viable option than Tony Jones, Jafar Armstrong, and and uh, Jameer, Jameer Smith, Smith. Yeah. specifically Jameer Smith. I think so really, too. I think this question is sort of like who's your who's your third back in these scenarios? Jameer Kyron Smith is William. going to score from the one and two yard line. Kyron Williams might be my option on third down. Yes. But Jameer yeah, Smith yeah. would be my option on short yard. Right. Kyron Williams is a really good option on third and goal from the six to be inserted into the game. Like that's the type of plays he can make. Or third yeah. and eight from the fifty. Right. But I mean there he was just saying goal line. I think yeah. third down and goal third so I mean third and goal, he's a he's a little weapon out there. No, he is. Plays. I mean I understand the question, but they have some they have some guys that are running very powerfully right now that are are better options because they give you a little bit more size. I mean he is he is built low to the ground and stocky, so to speak, but you have some better options than that. Let me quick hit uh, some things here, guys. At Duquesne, Duke 23. Uh, further thoughts on Phil Dracovic now as a backup. What does he still need to do? There's a second part about a different guy, you guys. Just play football on Saturdays. Show what he's shown on Tuesdays in August on Saturdays in September. Yeah, because Long and Kelly will be looking for how he... Let's say he doesn't backslide at all as a passer, and then you have the added advantage of his legs. He will backslide as a passer if he doesn't run the show properly, and he doesn't protect himself, and there's a line of guys coming at him, he's not picking up blitzes. That's all the stuff we have no idea at this point, right. and they have to find out, and they will know. <laughs> he might go out in a game and pass for 200 yards and two touchdowns against New Mexico, and Long and Kelly would secretly be like, did you see how many times he messed up that blitz protection? And that's, mm-hmm. what, he, that's what will kill you if he's in a game against Virginia or something like that. Second part of the question, uh, as for Kurt Heinisch at the nose, how critical is it that he stays healthy with his leadership and experience? Super critical. They're they're in trouble. Any one injury of their top four defensive tackles, they're in trouble. I agree. And I like that Howard Cross has come on at seven because he can now be six. He's just as, He'll be playing just as well. Like Jamie and Franklin is the, is the nose. He's not going to come over to defensive tackle. But Howard Cross is... He's, yeah, he he could play in games. He well, played four games. Yeah, you you you. I mean, you want that Heinish Lacy tandem. Yeah, and uh, Franklin get five snaps a game. L- Lacy would be a guy that I haven't. Qu- 
quite seen with my eyes that the coach, I mean, yeah. the coaches rave about him and I haven't seen it. I will trust Mike Elson's opinion on this 99%. Uh, but, you know, like all of us, we want to see with our own eyes and I haven't seen him be as great as everybody says. Plus, I don't think you'll see him be great and rave about him as a freshman. I think the goal is that he does a good job and holds up yeah. and backs up. In the same way Heinish, well. Heinish did as a freshman. Right. Tiger Bailoa is a freshman. Uh, yeah. Jason Armiola did as a freshman. Like, just have that kind of season. That'd be good. Yeah, and Lacey's reshaped his body since the spring, so he's an even better prospect. I just haven't I haven't always quite seen exactly what's been said to us. Uh, another quick hitter from at AM Rutherford. Long-time subscriber yes. and uh, one-time moderator at Irish Eyes. There we go. Shout With out. early injuries to Komet and Young factored in, are you over under on Claypool's season being start with seventy five receptions? That's a, that's a I think it's all a good these number. Are, these are all these are all pretty good numbers. I think you'll find four game problems with a lot of these receivers being. I'll good. I'll say under seventy five, just barely because Fink is right there with him in catching. Fink will get as almost as many catches as Claypool. I say. I'll say yeah. Under. I'll I'll. Boy, that's a good. That's a really good, good one. I'll say it's a push. Uh, Eleven hundred. <laughs> that's the least likely. Yeah, I know. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I'm, like I'm green. I'm, 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 <laughs> green double zero. I'm normally a percentage guy, but I'll I'll, I'll take the push on it. Good. That. All right. Uh, Eleven hundred yards. Uh, I'll I'll go over on that. I'll go under. I think Fink's going to have a really good year too. But I don't think he's going to put up those kind of you – know, I'll, I'll take the over on 1,100 and then nine touchdowns. Over. Uh, Miles Boykin over. had eight last year. Over. I think we all – Miles Boykin had eight, and he was hamstrung without someone yeah, throwing to spe- him Yeah, and especially with Komet being hurt now, the red yeah. zone, they uh, Claypool, is, Claypool is the guy to throw the football to in the red zone. Uh, at Steve Grabaric, who is your favorite next up – Who I'm sorry – who is your favorite next man up player if the situation arises? I probably should have given you Kyle guys Hamilton that. count. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Hamilton is my answer for sure. No, I just no, okay. That's an easy one. <laughs> I didn't even, somehow didn't even go to that. I yes, should have. You know what? One. I should have previewed you guys with that because I had to look a little bit and I dug up and found a guy that I think is give us your answer. Is good for that is Ade Ogundeji. Oh, hmm. that's a great one. I mean, Dale because, Hayes really because count, right? if he, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, there's a big I, difference, but I look. I, I, yeah, yeah, I guess we yeah. look at Hayes as kind of a co-starter, but Ogundeji, I think, is a guy that if he had to play full time. He would put up some significant numbers as well. I like that's a good answer. Ogan Daly for me too. Um, not well. I mean, any linebacker. Jack Lamb could play Buck, and I think he would do well. Probably have as I said before, it'd be rough if he had to play 800 snaps. Yeah, but I think he can step up. And I know what about? Here's a good question for you. Anybody on the offensive line? Because we should be saying someone right now. Uh, yeah, we a, should be saying Josh Log, right. but I but I don't know that any of us quite have, again, seen that with our own eyes. Uh, I would say, remember I talked about the ceiling for the backup defensive tackles I think is greater than it is for the starting tackles. I would say, other than he's 279, which just seems awfully light, he doesn't he doesn't carry himself like 279, but Jason Adamiola, I think, yeah. if he were forced into playing more snaps, and they could have cross spell. Someone needs to spell him. Absolutely, right? yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think in talking to Elson over Mike Elson over the summer, it's just a, it's a consistency factor, and knowing that, uh, I think Adamiola can hold up for a huge, a, a significant increase in snaps. Let me flip this question on you. Which one would be the worst? What if if Gilman or Elliott went down and Hamilton had to come in, thereby losing your three safeties? If one of the tackles, if if MTA went down, thereby ruining the four man rotation. What's worse? If what's Khalid work? Kareem went down, thereby ruining putting yeah. in Ogundeji. I think of all those things, if you had to take one to happen because of the depth, it would be Kareem. Yes. You could lose easier than the other ones. I think it's all. Yeah. That obviously Kareem. Yeah. The, the other ones, I would say tackles, the most crippling mm-hmm. safety would be second. And then, you know, Kareem is a way distant third, yeah. despite the fact that he's an NFL player. Right. Uh, we will wrap up with CMU Penns fan, and it is coming out of fall camp. How would you rank in order the optimism you had for the Notre Dame teams of 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, and 2019? Five teams. I would go one, 2015, two, 2018, Three, 2017, four this year, and 
2016. I would do uh, an obvious. Yeah, <laughs> I would do A and one A, one B. I wrote eighteen fifteen. Uh, I remember that I still knew they had Van Gorder in fifteen on their team. Eighteen fifteen, nineteen seventeen, sixteen, and sixteen. When I say that, I was like, it was like eight and four. It wasn't. We had the wrong eight. No, <laughs> but but I mean, I think we all knew what they were losing from twenty fifteen. I mean, I, I you know. Yes, that, that was the, 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 that was the mantra here, right? That's, that's, that's why absolutely. that's why nineteen is clearly fourth, right? I think. I think I think the the difficult one to choose might it's, be between nineteen and seventeen. Yeah. Uh, plus, my memory fails enough that I don't know exactly how I felt, but um, yeah, I mean, 20, I think, I think coming I think off we can, the playoff, even what they lost, I'm confident more in nineteen than coming off sixteen with seventeen. No I have doubt. all the evidence of what's happened since then in the back of my mind. I can't lose watching Quentin Nelson bundle people. I mean, you know, I, that, that year, hey, I thought they would lose one more game in September when they lost to Georgia, so I have to stick with 19. Like, why were they lost to Georgia? You said they're going undefeated until maybe USC. Got, you said until USC. I got lucky. Um, I thought they would lose one. So I, I have yeah. to say they have more confidence in this year's team. I mean, I mean, I did, I did mean that at the time. Yeah, I mean, did, I felt yeah. that strongly that they were, they were, they were good in so many areas that they were going to use that to their advantage, and and it, it worked out pretty well. Uh, we're going to wrap up there. We will have brief access on Friday. The hour hasn't been real beneficial for us, uh, but you know, we will be out there and we'll check it out <laughs> just to make sure everything's in order. And then we will have, uh, we will have no access over the weekend. We'll have a podcast. That's some on... serious clickbait, Tim. Not really beneficial for us, but maybe if you guys want to hang around. <laughs> <laughs> we good. will dig, we will unearth some gems for you to read about yes, following fr- uh, Friday's abbreviated observation period, but we will be back uh, and we will do an instant analysis after that as well. Whether we 90 seconds, whether we had well, hey, the other one the other day was very, very quick. Yeah. It was quicker than normal. Usually barely Jack, the length of the yeah, ad. Jack, Jack, Jack is, uh, you know, holding up four fingers for four minutes. So let's get it going. We didn't have as much to say that day, but we'll be back. Thanks for joining us on Irish illustrated insider. It's time to start planning your trip to Notre Dame. Rent Like a Champion is South Bend's largest vacation rental company with over 1,000 weekend home rentals available close to Notre Dame Stadium. Head to rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated to get $100 off your booking when you use the promo code IRISH2019. That's rentlikeachampion.com slash illustrated promo code IRISH2019.